tweet at TodaySOR. You may remember I asked, uh, asked you yesterday if you had any particular memories of being inspired uh, and helped to fall in love with a particular subject or career path by a teacher who may have said something encouraging or recognised talent. We got a lot of response uh, on that one. Um, for instance, uh, a teacher, it, it, we've been told, for instance, about a wonderful teacher in St. Michael's Holy Faith in Finglas, 1972 to 77. Many wonderful inspirational teachers in the early days of free secondary education. My English teacher Mrs Garvey I always had been a reader but she nurtured that even more and gave me the tools to let my imagination rip and write with confidence thank you to them all who went on to educate all seven of the Horan girls from Anne-Marie Horan now in Intervon Kundanagalyeva uh, another one teacher Mr Joey Kavanagh maths teacher in St Kieran's College Kilkenny I would assume while he's not my teacher he is our son's the love of maths he has passed on to our fifth year son is extremely obvious to us his online classes are enjoyed by our son and would imagine all his students uh, see him as one of the good guys a fantastic relationship is what he has with them uh, we'll bring you some more of those uh, a little later on in the programme as well today SOR at rte.ie just put the word teacher in the subject line uh, now the COVID-19 outbreak could be an ideal time to have a serious conversation about overhauling and updating the childcare system in Ireland, according to sector providers. Amongst proposed changes is a new plan to set up a public childcare system. It could see costs for parents reduced to as little as €100 a week and could see the state continue to fund childcare workers' wages when the pandemic ends. For more, I am joined on the line by Deputy Anne Rabbit, Fianna Fáil spokesperson on Children and Youth Affairs. Um, Anne, tell, tell me about what's being looked at here and what's emerging. Um, good morning, Sean, and thank you for having me on. I suppose that there is a commitment there within the framework document um, between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, a commitment to reform and modernise the childcare sector. And I suppose really what needs to happen in, in post-COVID is that we really need to have a, a balanced debate and conversation with all people involved. And this is following on from a letter from the Children's Rights Alliance, Early Childhood Ireland, the National Women's Council, SIP2 and Big Start, um, who, like we all know that prior to COVID in March, February, March, the system in 2020 here in Ireland, childcare was not working, despite the fact that 638 million is being spent of taxpayers' money on it. Parents felt the fees were too high, staff feel that their, their wages were too low, and the operator felt that the insurance rates and inspections and paperwork will obviously burdensome on them. So really what we need to do is, uh, this is what I think, and working with the sector, we all need to, to look to where it is working. We need to look to the Scandinavian models. We need to look to the French and the German one thing is for certain, Sean, we can no longer continue to be the number one in the OECD for, for the cost of fees um, to parents because really what we need to look at is having a sustainable model and balancing parental choice within all of that. And at the moment, the way the childcare sector is set up, that's not happening. Now, there, there is a little bit extra, I think, going to childcare providers and people working with them under the current uh, coronavirus bailout for the sector. Just give me some figures there and well, might it be possible to sustain or continue that once we're out of this? It probably, to be quite honest with you, Sean, I think what needs to happen, there needs to be a pathway to the whole discussion and bring the whole sector involved in it because it, childcare is very, very complex. You, you have within it, you have the community childcare settings which don't, who most of them own their own buildings and they don't have rents or rates and then you have the private operator who might have a lease and might have a huge mortgage on it who provide a valuable service as well. So childcare is actually very, very complex but at the same time, one part of childcare that's working really, really well well and that's the 
ECHI programme. That means that 99% of all children get access to childcare for two years, um, 38 weeks of the year, which is actually fantastic. But, but it's how can we expand that or how can that be rolled out further to ensure that we can bring um, reduce the fees right across the board. Yeah. The best way would be to look at, possibly to look at, with, with the, the, the support of all the organisations, is, is to do a pilot model and roll out what COVID had been doing. Yeah, but you're quoted, you're quoted in today's Independent as saying that um, you, you, you could reduce the cost to parents to as little as €100 Euro per week. Now, that would be quite a sizable reduction. How would you achieve that? Well, see, that would be part of the, the pilot model, Sean, to be quite honest with you. You can see that that's already been done in a lot of the Scandinavian models. It's been done, done in France and Germany. And basically how it would be done, it would be like out of that 638 million, at the moment we're spending 300 million on the ECHI. So you could continue to run the ECHI system in some of it, or you could actually forego the ECHI and actually bring in the staffing grant, which would have been the old staffing grant, which was back there in 2005, 2007. And a lot of the sector actually would welcome the idea of that form of discussion of going down the staffing grant, because the hardest, the most expensive part of running the service is actually, is actually the, 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 the staff wages. It takes up um, actually 80% of the overall expenditure in the sector. Right, but as things stand, isn't it uh, the case that um, the the wage subsidy means that something like 586 a week is paid per worker uh, under the the coronavirus bailout? Now, if that could be sustained... And that's not paid per worker, Sean, and I don't mean to correct you on that, Okay, Um, That would be paid to the top-line managers that are there. So, like, at the moment, we have 4,600 childcare providers in the entire country. So you're talking that it's a very small minute that are on that sort of a salary... your pardon, yeah, it's up yes. to that. That's what the people at the top get, yeah. Um, to be quite honest with you, a lot of people who work in the childcare sector work only, say, for two or three days. Not most, not a lot of them work a five-day week at all. They actually work with a, to try to have a lifestyle balance with their own children and everything else. And what we have discovered is an awful lot of them that are actually working in the sector are working for less than €350 Euros a week. And h- how much extra do you think would need to be set aside? Because we're not exactly going to be flush with cash. No, we're not. And that's why, we, we, that's why the word is we would need to have a consideration and like as I say it's within the framework document to reform and modernising that means that there's space there to have that conversation there's the space there to move a pathway to having a a public model of childcare and I would say the group that would be looking to come on board really with it would be the community childcare schemes at this moment in time but what when I was talking to the Secretary General on the 14th of March when when, or the 13th of March sorry Sean just as the childcare sector had come to a halt what he was saying to me is in order for us to fund the shortfall in the wages it was going to cost us approximately another million 11 million a month now we all know what it's costing the state to keep us where we are at this moment in time so what i would be saying that would be aspirational what we need to have is that conversation piece in the post-covid debate with all involved in the sector and leaving nobody out okay uh, just one other question to you Anne rabbit uh, you're seen as a front runner to uh, be part of the fianna fall ministerial team in the event of a new government being put together uh, what do you make of these reports saying that there's um, and you'd be in, in a very good position to to assess this there's a lot of misgivings uh, uh, to put it very mildly, in rural Ireland among rural voters about what the Greens might be looking for by way of concessions where agriculture is concerned. Yes, and I suppose to be quite honest with you, we're just putting together our answer there in relation to the Greens at this moment in time. 
but I also say to people is when, when we were in government the last time with the Greens, um, there was a really good agricultural programme put in place in relation to the building of the slatted sheds. At that time, they got grant aided to 85% to build a slatted shed to actually take the land, the cattle off the land to ensure that we didn't have pollution into our rivers and our lakes. And that was a real positive development at the time. I know, time. but it might be a case of moving from slatted sheds to slaughterhouses if they want to reduce the national herd. Um, that hasn't... Been, that hasn't been discussed at this moment in time. We're just responding to their 17 questions, Sean. OK, I think that's as probably as much as you can tell me, Anna Abbott, Fianna Fáil person, a spokesperson on children and youth affairs. Thank you.